When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, good morning. Welcome to Sustainable Success. It's a beautiful, well, I wouldn't say it's a beautiful day here in the New York area. It's overcast, but still a great day. We're in the transition between winter and spring. I can kind of smell spring in the air. Baseball starts this weekend, so a lot of exciting things going on. We hope uh, everyone's doing well, and we're going to have a great show today, but we want to let everyone know again that if you are new to the Sustainable Success radio show, you can find us uh, not only on the Voice America Influencers channel, but also our Facebook page, Sustainable Success 2017. That's on Facebook. We encourage you to go there. You can find on-demand versions of past guests and experts that we've had on the show. And feel free anytime. You can ask any questions there, and we do get back to your questions, whether if it's myself or our past guests. So again, thank you for joining us today. So Today, we're going to be talking about a a topic that I feel resonates with a lot of people. It's called, There's No Place Like Home. I know back in my early adulthood, I had left my home. You know, I I went to college. I came back home for a few years, and it was kind of the same old, same old. And I figured, okay, I really need to spread my wings, and I need to get out somewhere else. So I moved out to the Midwest, to Chicago, and thought, you know, my life was going to take a turn for the better. And (laughs) the truth was, it was actually the opposite. I got caught up in so many different things in terms of getting involved with the wrong crowd, uh, partying, you know, really not resting enough, not taking care of my well-being. And while I was having some success with my uh, job at the time when I was working there, I really wasn't focused on where I was going. And really got lost in the process. And at that point, it hit a rock bottom. I was struggling with a lot of different things with addiction and anger and knew that, you know, I needed to make a change. And that change required me at that time being out there, nothing against Chicago because it's a great town and I love going back, was I needed to come back home. I needed to come back to my roots to address the root cause to my challenges. And it all started back at home. And so this is going to be an interesting topic today, and we're going to be talking with David Wolf. And before I introduce him, you know, David, for more than 32 years, has been a creative director, music composer, producer of content for radio, TV, film, podcast, audiobooks, and multimedia. He's been hosting the Small Biz America podcast since 2005, now syndicated coast to coast on BizTalk Radio Network and on Small Biz America Radio Today, David applies his experiences along with skills of his virtual creative team to help companies, organizations, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders grow their brands and businesses through podcasting, radio, and video production. David, it is a pleasure to be here. I, I actually uh, I want to welcome you to the show, and how are things going in, in New Mexico? Well, thanks so much, Chris. Great to be with you and your listeners today. Uh, and by the way, I should mention that I think we may have talked about this. I also have roots in Chicago. That's where I'm from originally. So uh, how cool is that? Oh, that's awesome. I, I mean, I love Chicago. I mean, it just happened to be 
during a period of my life that where things were not not going good. But it, you know, it yeah, was right, you know, right, in hindsight, right. it's a blessing in disguise. And because if I had not gone through that experience, I may not be where I'm at and we wouldn't have the show sustainable success. So I wanted to, you know, get to, you know, in terms of when we look at there's no place like home, you know, everyone has their own personal story, right? They've had their journey and sometimes it's not always pleasant. And sometimes we have to go through certain situations to really begin to find that what we thought we were is not what we were. But we needed to come back home to really find who we truly are and then what gifts that we have that we can bring to our business, you know, to people we serve, to our families and so forth. So wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, your experience and when it comes to there's no place like home. Yeah, yeah. You know, in my particular case, Chris, uh, I think I was really, really blessed and lucky because right out of the gate, I actually was home and I knew where home was. And when I, of course, you're speaking metaphorically, uh, you know, you mentioned your story about Chicago being a physical place. But for me, the home is about really knowing who I am, truly uh, understanding my own value in the world, feeling self-worth, not from the ego perspective, but just, you know, really knowing myself, right? So I came out of the gate as a very young child, as a very kind of a creative, you know, in the bubble, imaginative kid. You know, I wasn't good in school, but to say I was uh, often accused of daydreaming and looking out the window. And ultimately, all of this, I started out with visual arts and it moved into the music space. So I, very early on, I think I, I discovered who I was and I was really, really blessed because, you know, I was home. And uh, the fascinating thing about this is, is that you think it'll last forever. So I, uh, uh, in Chicago, I ultimately uh, grew a career as a freelance drummer, a musician in Chicago playing around, and uh, that evolved into a desire to uh, expand my vocabulary musically. So I ended up studying at Berkeley College of Music, and then wow. uh, subsequently with a bunch of uh, private uh, uh, music teachers in Chicago area, in the Chicago area studying classical music, film scoring, composition, and eventually landed a, a gig at a prominent uh, jingle house that was actually in its later stages of its own development, a guy named Dick Marks, who was famous for having spawned off many uh, very talented uh, people that were writing music for radio, TV, and film, mostly in commercials. Uh, and so I was, it was such a blessing. I mean, it, took, it was a struggle to get there, um, and what I mean by that is uh, many demo tapes that didn't sound so good, ultimately resulting in one that caused him to bring me in as a, an apprentice. But Dick was, just to contextualize the experience and how blessed I was to be there, Dick, if you've ever listened to uh, old TV, uh, he was really hot during the 50s and into the 60s when 60s. there was this transition from radio uh, commercials and, and radio broadcast into television broadcast. So Marlboro Cigarettes, Snap, yep. crackle, pop, rice, krispies. You've come a long way, baby, with Virginia Slim cigarettes. You know, a lot of these are cigarettes, right? And he did a lot of stuff with Leo Burnett advertising, which also, as you probably know, was in Chicago as well. And he worked with yes. Leo himself. So, oh, Leo Burnett, huge. Like a, uh, a, a um, symbol of advertising music in Chicago. And I had an opportunity to be with him for about five years. And I was uh, moving and traveling closer to what felt like home. I had created a, a set of goals for myself to enter that business and did it as his uh, uh, protege or uh, apprentice for that five-year period. 
Wow. That's so, so great. And so, you know, in terms of like, you know, when you were in Chicago, I mean, where were like, when we talk about some of the things that you went to, what were some of the the pivots for you? I mean, we, when we when people look at where they are, there are many times there's certain pivots that we go through. Sometimes those pivots can be can propel us going forward. Sometimes they can propel us going backwards sometimes because sometimes we nest, we may have to go backwards to really learn something in order to propel ourselves again forward. Can you Absolutely. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this, you're describing this nonlinear path. And so, you know, if you take from age 11 when I started as a drummer and then you move to the present, and, you know, and you and I have talked offline, and I've talked about this notion of pointless perpetual pivots, which actually spans, you know, probably a 40-year period. And at the moment, we're kind of talking about this early stage. Uh, so I'll try to... I'll try to address that in the early stage. You know, I could, I, and I love the question, Chris. I, I can remember being a drummer and beginning to feel, and I alluded to this a bit in my, my own intro, uh, beginning to feel a little bit like I was unsatisfied or not able to express myself because of the limitations of, it's sort of a metaphor, right, the, the musical instrument of the drums. You know, you got a, some tom-toms, a snare, a kick drum, some cymbals. And I was hearing other things, you know, and it's just sort of, I like this idea of the metaphor of the music as a metaphor. So uh, starting to feel like I could ex- express myself creatively in a bigger way and also make more money. And so we had, we had a connection to this guy I mentioned, uh, Dick Marks, and also some other, another family uh, member who was uh, very successful in that business. And, you know, when you, when you asked the pivot question a moment ago, what came to mind was I was living in Rogers Park and I was uh, kind of looking out the window, and I, I, there was literally a, a, a bolt of lightning. I mean, it was a split-second moment where this decision was made that I'm going to go after it. I'm going to transition from being a, you know, a jobbing freelance drummer where you play weddings, bar mitzvahs, and the like, and, uh, you know, and, then you, and then you pay to play on the weekends when you play real music, jazz and you know, fusion and some of the more esoteric forms of music, right? We play for ourselves in a sense. I'm going to, in a moment, I, I can remember looking at that. It was a north-facing uh, window in my Rogers Park uh, studio apartment. I was probably, probably paying 300 bucks a month or something. And I had this flash that I, I was going to go for it. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it happened. But it, 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 what's fascinating about it is it was really just a very, uh, 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 literally a moment. It felt like a, a bolt of lightning. And I guess that's the one major pivot as you ask that question that comes to mind because uh, I had to decide to decide. And... Uh, you know, looking back, this is some 40 years ago or so, I'm 58 today, I was probably about 18 then, 18 or 19. And, um, and, and with that, I set out on this journey, but it was rooted in a, a dissatisfaction or lack of a complete, uh, a comprehensive sense of uh, creative uh, expression. You know, I just didn't feel, I felt I had more to say, and I, I wasn't in a context that I could say as much as I wanted to musically and creatively, and this, of course, translates to those in business with entrepreneurship. How can I express myself in a market? But uh, also um, uh, financially. I mean, I knew that you could make a lot of money in what they used to call the jingle business. And uh, ultimately, that is what happened. But it was that moment, that little pivot moment. Wow, that's great. I know I've had a lot of different pivots in my life, you know, and, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, at the time, I didn't really understand what was going on. And, you know, when I was caught up in my 
my problem or my challenges and really didn't, I really couldn't see. So I would react. So talk, if you could talk about like when, when people go through this process is, you know, sometimes they, they, they react rather than, than really see where, what is really taking place behind the scenes to mold them to where they eventually want to be. Sometimes it's just, we don't, they don't see it that way. Can you talk a little bit about that from a mindset perspective? Yeah, uh, that's great. So I'm going to flash forward a little bit. And now we're in, let's see, 1999. And this is my story, you know, reflecting back on what you've just said. And hopefully it connects the dots in a way. And if it doesn't, you'll let me know and we can fill in the blanks. But, but I had already now achieved what I wanted to achieve. That being, you know, I had a successful company called Crywolf Music. I was now married. We got married in 85, went to Dallas, Texas, where the music scene was very uh, vibrant. Uh, I should say the advertising production scene was very vibrant and it was ripe for me, a you know, young 25-year-old guy to come in and kind of take over and really be a formidable force in that market. So I was really lucky because of the timing. You know, I left Dick Marks, you know, parted ways with him and started my own. You know, he, this is sort of a natural uh, evolution for me. So I'm in Dallas and I've now completed probably a 15-year run, made plenty of money, uh, at peak, we were billing about 600,000 a year, just me writing music and a few, you know, we had, uh, uh, assistance in the office at certain times when our kids were little and, uh, you know, it was a lean and mean, very asset like kind of operation. So it was highly profitable. And even though all of that had transpired, uh, I, I guess, you know, I've never really actually contextualized it this way, Chris, but it was the same feeling I had when I was a drummer wanting to say more creatively, now I had reached a point where I got, I'll call it so used to and complacent and able to solve the creative problems I was faced with in the business that it no longer uh, satisfied me. I just didn't feel like uh, there was something to reach for. I had sort of solved that equation for myself, or at least I thought I had. And so the business began to get boring for me. I'll use the word boring. I don't know if I like that word so much, but you know, I, I got into flying well, airplanes. Kind of, yeah, it kind so of, lo- it kind of was not in, go ahead. in the plans. Interject? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I started to throw oh, you off. Oh, sorry. I thought you wanted to interject. So, so, uh, you know, I, I began to distract myself after my first born was, uh, Dylan was born in 88. I learned how to fly airplanes and I really got involved with aviation. I got, you know, a bunch of tickets, uh, tickets, meaning, you know, licenses, uh, commercial, uh, IFR, you know, I was flying all over the country. I was using, there was a period of time here that I didn't mention. We, we had a studio in Santa Fe and Chicago. And so I was flying my airplane back and forth, you know, essentially spending this money I had made on distracting myself from the thing I really wanted to do originally, which was be this music producer. But something happened after a certain period of time, uh, what I called boredom. And that's probably not a great way to describe this in terms of mindset, but I, At least the story I was telling myself is that I was no longer satisfied. And even though I was making all this money and it sounded sexy and all this stuff, um, I I think I began to self-destruct the business. Um, And and my wife and I, I'll say, you know, kind of co-conspirated to do that. Moving to Santa Fe, extracted ourselves from the market. So this was expressed in a bunch of direct and indirect ways, but... I, I really do think now that I was really trying to self-destruct the success. Yeah, I, I can recall an emotional moment, you know, and I think you know, you, I think you like to talk about mindset and, and you know this emotional yeah. content, which is everything. Where we were getting ready to move um, to Albuquerque, where I now am, to take over a family business 
that had nothing to do with anything I'd ever done before. It was a bagel bakery. And it was, um, the project was set into motion by a phone call uh, that came from my brother. But anyway, re- rewinding, I can remember an emotional moment where we were dismantling the recording studio that I had built on top of the garage of the house in Dallas for that particular period of time. And I was literally like slashing the wires and the cables that connected my synthesizers to the main console. And the, I mean, I was really, I now remember that it's like, I almost stopped and said, what am I doing here? What, what's that anger about? Or what's that just yeah. like, Ugh. you know, I was just had this raw kind of moment, this cathartic, literally slicing cables. Cause you know, they, they, they're run under the floor. So you, there was no other way to do it. But I just remember it being a kind of an emotional turning point in another pivot. Um, you know, and I want to share this story of the bagel adventure because it's now what I, and I've told you about my pointless perpetual pivots. Uh, and I don't know if we'll have time in this segment, but, but you know, oh, we can always carry, we can always carry on break. David. So, I mean, we got a few minutes, uh, two minutes to break. So yeah, keep going. I mean, this is what listeners want to hear. I've discovered that, you know, and I, you know, I host radio and podcasting too. I've, I've become much more raw and real in all this stuff, whether I'm a guest on your show or I'm doing yep. my own thing. I just feel like telling the real story is what people want. Anyway. All right, so, Absolutely. So it's 1999. Phyllis and I, my wife, Phyllis, we've been walking around the lake in Dallas trying to figure out what's next. What's next? What are we going to do? We have two little kids. We've got this big house. We just reef. We just uh, refinanced our house and and a 15 years, so the payments are bigger. It was just a mess. And my brother calls. The phone rings. uh, You want to make bagels. So the long story short is a cousin that had um, uh, created this very successful chain of uh, bagel delis in in, um, Albuquerque had gone bankrupt after about a five or six year period of huge success, you know, for a small business doing about 3 million plus was, you know, that's a successful retail operation with some wholesale. So here I was and I thought, well, hmm, for some reason I'm fatigued. I'm feeling fatigued about what I've been doing, which is essentially creative on demand. You know, somebody yep. calls, they've got a piece of film, they've got a script, they've got a song, they've got a whatever, and I'm going to write a piece of music it began to feel like I was just like this creative music factory, the monkey grinder effect. And I was fatigued. I was burned out. So I jumped at it, moved my family to Albuquerque where we've been since then. This was 2000. I took, uh, you know, I had some money made, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, took, uh, I don't know, 50 grand or so and bought the assets of this company out of bankruptcy. And we restarted it, my brother and I and our two wives. And so the story I was telling myself was a few things. Uh, one is that uh, I was going to help my brother, who had had some difficulty, you know, kind of getting himself on his feet, his younger brother, just the two of us. And so I really wanted to help him. I saw an opportunity in the business itself because it had grown very quickly to 3.2 million in yeah. the Albuquerque. So I thought, well, sure, this ought to be doable. I mean, I know enough about marketing. Yep. I've been around this stuff. I'm a smart guy. I should be able to transition from reading music scores to reading P and L's and balance sheets. No problem, right? So, David, you know, David, let's go. We're going to continue this story is. right after the break. Uh, you're listening to David Wolf, and I can't wait. When we come back, we're going to be listening to. Uh, David's story, that the experience, and you know where he was with the bagel shop. Again, this is topic is there's no place like home. We will be right back after the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-760-0116. That's 800-760-0116. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us, we're here with our guest, David Wolf. 
And David is a creative director, and he runs the Small Biz America radio show. So we definitely encourage you to check that out. We're probably going to be learning more about that today here on the second leg of the show. And again, um, if you're just new to sustainable success, again, you can find us on the Voice America Influencer channel, as well as on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. So, David, where we left off on the first before the break, you were talking about you know, when you, you 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 came back, you moved now to Albuquerque and now you've invested money into this family business to kind of turn it around. And, you know, this is obviously another pivot. I, I wanted to continue where you left off and that way we can, you know, see how this transition t- took you to where you are today. Thanks, Chris. And I like to share this story just because it's, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting dynamics. You got the family piece, you've got the, uh, understanding risk and you've got sort of the learning curve that's minimized. Anyway, those are three major themes for me. So, so the brother Bob calls, I move my family, my two kids and my wife and I to Albuquerque. Uh, we buy a house, we get settled, we redeploy this brand that was fairly well known in Albuquerque at the time. It had about seven retail stores. But one of the reasons it went bankrupt was because uh, the Einstein's uh, chain, Einstein bagel chain had come in, uh, offered to buy those locations at the time. And, uh, my cousin, who was stubborn um, to a, his fault, uh, I think perhaps looking back, uh, said no, and ultimately blew up the business. You know, it's a common business story. So he and his yeah. wife left and never came back. And here I was in this sort of a shell to redeploy. My brother knew a lot about the bakery. He had worked for the cousin. His wife was also a pastry chef. So they had functional uh, roles in the business, uh, tactical functional roles immediately. Phyllis and I were what I'll call more executive types. Um, and so we handled the marketing, the finance, the raising capital. I probably raised a total of about a million and a half. Had a terrific partner in all of that, and I'll touch on that in a minute. But, but I think for the audience, for our audience, your listeners today, um, there are a couple themes that I want to share that might be instructive uh, looking back now. And uh, I think the, probably the, the, the loudest one was that I completely minimized um, – the learning curve that I would be facing moving from a creative uh, generation business that is as a composer, sound designer in commercials to now running a operating business that's a bakery. It's a commercial bakery. So you got to imagine a 24-7 cycle with 30 employees. So we had retail stores. We had about three at our peak. Um, I became really, really good at picking lousy retail locations. Let me tell you something. That is not easy. It is not easy to find. I mean, what looks like a good retail location for a restaurant or a cafe, as we were doing, it's very hard to do, and it's very easy to us underestimate how to do that. So that oh, absolutely. There's there's a strategy. There's a strategy to that. Absolutely. There's services out there to help business small businesses to pick the right locations. Absolutely. And I didn't, you know, I didn't seek those uh, resources out at all. I just kind of shot from the hip thinking, oh yeah, this looks good. There's traffic, there's parking, it's on the right side of the street, easy in and out, you know, whatever I, whatever story I was telling myself. And I was somewhat resistant to listening to anybody who, if they had an opinion about it. Plus, uh, you know, when you're looking for locations, you know, the the, uh, real estate, uh, commercial real estate people will tend to, you know, find you and chase you and offer you all kinds of things because they've got an agenda. So it's, it's, it's a lot of information like a fire hose coming at you. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can make decisions based on emotions and not really based on strategy, as you point out. So, so that's a, a warning sign. But 
um, so there was this minimiz- my own minimization of what I would have to learn to be the CEO of this uh, you know company. Uh, there was also the the understanding the, the the motivation. What why was I really doing this? And I'll explain. So part in, there were a few pieces to that. One was that I was an opportunist. I felt like wow, this is like making edible widgets every day. You you bake 25,000 more bagels, you deliver them. We had a wholesale operation mostly when we took it over. We, we did some retail, but we felt that the opportunity was really in wholesale because Einstein's was already on the retail side and they had taken the cousin out. So we were selling to Whole, Food, uh, Whole Foods, uh, Wild Oats when they were still around, um, a bunch of independents in the Albuquerque and Santa Fe area, uh, Shamrock Foods, Cisco, U.S. Food Service, you know, the frozen products we had. Uh, and so... We were getting a lot of orders, and, and there was a sense of momentum. Um, but it, uh, we made some really, really critical mistakes uh, early on, and that is when we re-inhabited the, the bankrupt company, we took over the space they had created, which was way, way overbuilt for the size operation and the, number, uh, the amount of revenues it was generating. This is a classic lesson in how not to do this. So the building was 12,500 square feet, of which we probably only needed about 3,000 square feet. And we ran it like that, thinking or deluding ourselves to believing that we would grow into it, kind of like the cousin did. Uh, the equipment was already installed. Uh, the systems were already there. It was dock high. We had the cooler, you know, the very complex freezer systems to do this sort of thing, and, and refrigeration is required the power had to be three-phase, 220, you know, whatever the details were, the building was set up already. And in my own mind, the idea of moving that entire infrastructure to a smaller space with the idea that we might grow out, or I thought we might grow into it, uh, didn't make any sense to me at the time. But in yeah. retrospect, my wife is quick to remind me that um, we, we probably should have moved it right away and not even – it was an impossible idea to um, – to be able to inhabit and grow into a 12,500 feet. Uh, so, uh, so there was that. And, and then finally, the, the um, part of this risk idea, and I even had said this to my parents who were investors in the original company, is that you really have to understand one's own capacity, your own capacity to take on a business risk. You need to be prepared to lose the money. And, and I was in no position to buy this business, move my family, uh, purchase a new house, relocate everything, uh, and then continue to feed it without taking a salary because the business wasn't producing enough cash at the bottom line for us to take uh, money. So literally, we spent through our retirement keeping the dream alive. And maybe that's the biggest lesson I learned. Yeah. Um, and, and completely minimized it and told ourselves delusionary stories about uh, our capacity to pull through. And so uh, it's a sobering story, isn't it? It absolutely is. You know, and like I said, sometimes, you know, people take risks, you know, where they put up everything they got to pursue a passion, right? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And in some right. cases, we may think this is what we want to do and we still do it. And But either way, it's a we're learning a lesson about ourselves. And it's just one step of really, you know, finding who we are and, and recreating because that's what it, you know, life's about in business. It's about creating and innovating. And so keep going, keep talking about like where, I mean, at that point, where did you go from there? Yeah. So Chris, the, the, great. Thank you. So 
And I love what you just said there. I want to just reflect on that. You know, I've said it a few times, the stories we tell ourselves to rationalize, justify, talk ourselves into things, I've become much, 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 much more aware of that. And I know we'll, co- we'll cover that a little later in this uh, show. But just following the linear story, um, we ran this business. I was the CEO. And look, the wives, and this is classic family business stuff, you know, if you want to call it the classic family businesses either really work well, uh, multi-generational, et cetera. Or in our case, you know, we thrust ourselves into a, a marriage that <laughs> my brother and his wife and myself and my wife, and um, it, it, it was difficult. Uh, we're told, by the way, we, we came out the other end and we're all okay. But, but during the, the running of the business, um, there were some challenges. One is, is, is that we came in with capital and the other side of the family, the other partnership, quote-unquote, did not. And, and one of the flaws in our structure, and this points to sort of business and partnership structures, is it's very difficult to engineer a, a partner into a, a business, uh, someone into your business, whether it's family or otherwise, if they're not contributing capital, actual cash. No, absolutely. There's got to be skin in the game. So yeah. we devised, we paid an, um, an attorney and a, uh, a CPA to engineer uh, what's called a guarantee payment system so that my brother could become a, um, an actual owner, quote unquote, which was his desire. And I was part of my agenda was, you know, I talked about the why part of it was opportunity. Part of it was saving the brother, uh, you know, and there may be some others hidden in there that I'm not even aware of. But, um, so we engineered this scheme, if you will, to, uh, to make him an owner with what's called guarantee payments. So they're, they're equity payments that are not cash transactions, but when you do those, they're taxable events. Now, at the time, I didn't know there actually is a way to do this that works more easily without, without a tax treatment. But at the time, we just didn't have those resources. So as it turns out, my brother really wasn't in a position to be able to pay the income tax on the, these phantom guaranteed payments. And so what ended up happening was is we had to make he and his wife employees, which really created what I'll call a psychic and family emotional kind of imbalance in what originally was set out to be a 50, well, 49, 51 kind of partnership, right? So, so that put a lot of stress on the relationships and made it more difficult to run all of this amidst a business that really wasn't performing enough to support two families. So you've got me shoveling into my, shoveling my retirement in, you know, to keep the lights on and uh, keep my brother in his job and feeling like the savior and it was very destructive for Phyllis and I financially, you know, and for those listening, all of this points to, you know, this, despite the specifics of what we went through, um, you just really, really have to have your ducks in order going into a family business, going into a partnership, and really get a handle on what your risk um, tolerance is. You might tell yourself a story like you want to be the hero or you want to be the, the big shot or whatever it is that may have been going on for me. Uh, and I don't consider myself like a big ego-oriented guy, but on some level, this is what was going on. And so I see that now in retrospect, and I'm just, it's a, a, a good warning to really, really assess the risk and make sure you're, you really want to go there. Um, and I don't mean to squelch the dream of an entrepreneur. Listen, as you said, Chris, you know, we do yeah. stuff to keep the lights on. We did stuff to, to keep the dream alive. Um, so, so all of that was sort of baked in, pardon the pun, into this bagel business. And, uh, you know, we got 
we got through the other side of it. Ultimately, my brother ended up uh, leaving us and going up to Denver to start his own version of what we had created, which was uh, painful. Uh, but I was also relieved because the tension between the families would uh, be uh, mitigated by him leaving. So it was kind of a bittersweet thing. And I continued to run it for a couple of more years. Um, ultimately, uh, when we lost a couple of big wholesale accounts for reasons that had nothing to do with us, um, uh, I ended up walking away from it. Um, and now all during this, I raised probably a million and a half, both from bank financing in the form of debt facilities. And I also had an equity partner that was uh, a, a partner and the CEO of a very successful jumbo uh, mortgage company that was listed on the NYSC. But uh, to tie, put a timestamp on this, and this will resonate right away, it was late 2007. We lost a couple of wholesale accounts. He was no longer able to contribute equity. And so, you know, we kind of had to blow it up yeah. ourselves and walk away. Um, I took a personal BK and, uh, you know, this was 10 years ago now. So I'm looking backwards now at an event that happened between 2000 and 2008 <laughs> with, with a lot more. And, wisdom. and that was right and around the financial crash era. Yeah. That was a tough yeah. time. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, an interesting, perfect storm. And well, so, like I said, uh, you know, this, this bagel pivot, um, I probably had no business doing it as, uh, but I, I will say that I learned a tremendous amount. And you pointed to this before. Sometimes these really painful chapters yield really, really good outcomes. And uh, yeah. I know we're going to talk more about that. But, I, but in this case, it did. I can say right now, this was what was needed for me, the fork in the road I needed to start to drive me to what we call home in this uh, episode of your show. And uh, so... Well, like I said, I mean, when it comes to business, there's there's many chapters, and sometimes that chapter can be the same business. There's going to be ups and downs. But like I said, you know, I mean, yeah. sometimes we we know we're very clear on what we what we're striving for. Sometimes we're not. We you know. So sometimes we have to go through certain types of businesses to find really where it really sticks. And you know, but the thing about an entrepreneur or a small business owner is that you stepped up, you know, you, 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 you didn't give up, you didn't throw in the towel right away. You, you, you did what you had to do and you, you exhausted every op, you know, Avenue to keep things going. And like you said, that when things didn't end up working out in the end, you know, you were able to, at that point you did come out, you know, fine. It wasn't maybe not initially fine, but yet, you know, where you are today so when we come back from the break, I, uh, David, I want to talk a little bit about where you came out on the other side, where you are today, and then we're going to share with the listeners a little about if you're in your business right now or you're looking to start a business, what are some of the ways that you can really take care of yourself to really fine-tune your purpose and passion with what you're doing? So again, we're looking forward to hearing that from David when we get back. Again, you're listening to Sustainable Success. We're with David Wolf, and we'll be right back after the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Do you feel shackled to your business? Do you feel that there is no room for anything else, like a personal life, family, fun? Did you know that there is another way? 
Listen for The Unshackled Life with hosts Aaron Scott Young and Michelle Pearson Young. They'll discuss what helps your business work better for you so that you get to have a life. Aaron Young has been starting and running companies for over 30 years. It's time for you to finally have the time, money, and freedom that you've always wanted. The Unshackled Life, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. Uh, We're here with David Wolf, and we're talking about there's no place like home. And what we mean by that is, again, really coming home within yourself to really find uh, your true purpose and passion. And sometimes we have to go through many pivots in life, some that are not pleasant, some that are to really find our way in our journey through entrepreneurship, especially if you're a small business owner. And David, where we left off, we talked about, you know, the closure with the bakery business. And, you know, from that, that, you know, a lot of people could take that either way. They might have just maybe laid down like a dog and said, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to go back and work for somebody or, you know what, I'm going to pick up the pieces and I'm going to, you know, look at what I did wrong and find the areas that I can really maximize my strengths, minimize my weaknesses, sub, you know, 
subcontract certain things to the things that I'm not good at to find a business that really fulfills what I can that I can deliver. Talk about wh- from that experience where you are today and what you're doing. Thanks, Chris. So so great. So we were talking a little bit about this wind down of the business and um, and concurrent to the beginning of what I'll call the self-destruction of the bagel, my involvement in the bagel business, uh, I started to um, return to something I knew about, and that was, uh, or a form of it, and that was uh, producing these little audio features called Small Biz America. And, and what inspired it, and this I guess you could say is another major pivot for me along the way, was I, I had this new appreciation of how difficult it is for a small business to do a small business owner to do the work that it takes to do a small business. I had now been through this process of completely underestimating the risk, underestimating what I, not knowing what I don't know, um, underestimating the management of employees. In our case, we were dealing with a 24 seconds, sorry, 24 hour cycle, so it was always on. We're either baking, driving, delivering. Or opening a store. I mean, it was a constant 24-7 cycle uh, because that's the nature of the bakery business. So I opened up I, what I call opened up the microphone and I started recording interviews, not really understanding what I, why I was doing or where it was going under the banner Small Biz America. And I was able to get through a, a syndication company out of Connecticut uh, on the 75 radio stations doing these 90-second features. And they were basically like an A-B form. So you know, there'd be like a problem solution with a commercial in the middle. And I did probably about 150 of these segments. And ultimately it led to podcasting was just starting to come in then. So I shifted over to an online format and eventually uh, left the syndicated piece uh, because it wasn't particularly successful from a uh, revenue standpoint, but it did sort of prime me for what was to follow. And that was, uh, you know, led me to where we are today with a company called Podcast and Radio uh, essentially a production company. But all of this to say that I really kind of got back to my roots. Now, granted, it wasn't writing music in the abstract. It wasn't film scoring like I used to do. But I really had gotten that out of my system, and I was still okay with that. But I had to learn now how to do interviews. I had to uh, express myself verbally. This is the world you know. You and I live in on radio. You do it every uh, week. So it's um, it was a new set of skills, but yet it it, it was more of a, 30 or 40 degree pivot as opposed to 180 degree pivot, which is what I did that first time moving from the creative business completely 180 degrees over to a bagel business. I mean, that's just, you know, that's a shock condition. And um, it, 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 now I can see that that made more sense. At the time, I just was following my nose, quite honestly, and trying to piece together what I know how to do with something that could move forward with some business context. Wow, that's great. I mean, and so in terms of this, what was the time period? I mean, we, we talked about when you, 2008. So was this, was this like right around that time frame, 2009? Yeah, 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 I can put a stamp on that. So this was as it was winding down in parallel to the business uh, still running. I mean, these businesses gotcha. to, to a certain extent sort of run even if you're not there um, to a certain extent. So I was beginning to move into this radio space, this po- what became podcasting space, uh, as this was winding down and really grabbed onto it good and hard coming out of the bagel business. Um, and 
not exactly understanding where I would show up, uh, but eventually became a producer of uh, not only my own podcast series, but uh, today to just jump to home, what we call home, the future, uh, the present rather, um, I was, I'm now producing podcasts for, you know, anywhere between six and a dozen uh, radio podcast clients. Uh, I'm either co-hosting or I'm recording and providing all the back end for those, uh, for those who need the production and the distribution in the podcast space and on internet radio and also uh, producing audiobooks, which is a very, very fast growing market. Uh, oh, so huge. at the time the bagel was winding down, I didn't exactly know that small biz America would ultimately lead to a, a more robust production business that resembled what I used to do in music, but that is actually where it led and really did let, lead me back uh, home on my own uh, sort of a proverbial uh, yellow brick road. Wow. That's great. And now, David, if let's say we, we have entrepreneurs that, you know, listen in each and every week and, you know, they may be going through a pivot or maybe they're struggling in some aspect of where they are in their business or maybe looking to launch a business, but yet have certain fears and doubts and Talk a little bit about, you know, your insights on self-care, stress, and meditation, and we could address each one separately as it played a major part of where you talked about your story today, your entrepreneurial journey of where you, you know, started and where you are today. Well, I want to talk about it in terms of this pointless perpetual pivots, and sometimes the reason I, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a book there someday, but, but, but what I mean by that is, in addition to the bagel pivot, which was like kind of a major, you know, nine-year, eight- or nine-year pivot, after the bagel business, I'm doing Small Biz America Radio, but it's not producing a whole lot of revenue. So what I found myself doing was losing my why, losing myself and my core skill set, even though I was beginning to re-express it in a, in a new way with talk radio. I hadn't completely settled there. I was still what I call swatting at transactional flies. And what I mean by that is I went out and I uh, thought I might want to be a financial advisor. You know, oh, you can make money there. So I chased that and, you know, got a, my Series 7 and 66 and all of this stuff and uh, uh, thought I would join Morgan Stanley. I did join Morgan Stanley and lasted about five minutes. And why? Because I'm not built for that. I'm not built to be a sales uh, uh, sales professional in the financial industry. It just It's not... But I, I completely abandoned who I was as a creative guy. And, you know, again, I was still sort of running from myself. And I'm still to this day yeah. not exactly sure what was at play there. But I can say to you, to you those listening, you know, really listen to your own uh, voice and really remember that you have a unique genius in the world and, 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 and something that you ultimately can be passionate about and uh, just be aware if you find yourself running in the other direction for reasons you don't entirely understand, because that's what I was doing. Uh, so, you know, I, and then I got a real estate license, and shortly after the real estate license, and this is as recent as late 2016, by the way, I, um, I ran into a guy through the Small Business American interview who was a meditator and had been doing it for about 45 years. <laughs> Originally, he was a teacher, but he wasn't currently uh, certified to teach. So he turned me on to uh, the Transcendental Meditation Method in the, the center here in Albuquerque. And I went and met with them and ultimately learned, uh, did a, a three-session course, which is how you do it. And I learned how to meditate. Now, I was aware of, of Transcendental Meditation when I was a uh, 
about 11 or 12, 13 years old, one of her classmates' brother was working with Deepak Chopra, a guy named David Simon. And, and so I was aware of TM, but never actually meditated. But I was fascinated by the idea. And I guess on some level, I, I knew I needed something to reground myself and really kind of get to know myself and, and be with my own brain and discover what's going on. What is this compulsive thinking I'm doing that drove me to chase real estate or drove me to chase money or transactions rather than just coming home? Rather than just saying, look, yeah. well, you're a creative guy. It's okay, the shiny maybe it's not about syndrome. music expression anymore, but you can find a way to leverage what you have credibility in as a producer, as a media producer for big brands and redeploy what is now podcast and radio productions, networks, uh, in a whole new way. But I guess, so uh, I started the practice about a year ago, not quite a year. It'll be a year in June. So I'm relatively new at this. Uh, uh, but I can tell you that the combination of, uh, uh, I say I would put meditation in the beginning of that practice and that routine twice a day, 20, in the, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, ha- has perhaps been one of the most powerful forces in my uh, unpivoting, going home again, understanding who I am, uh, understanding how best to express myself. You know, I'm age 58. I've got, what, probably 15, 20 years of you know, if I'm lucky, right, of useful life as a professional, um, how to be relevant in the market while still yep. satisfying what I'm good at. And, you know, this, this sort of connection of the dots. And it, it, meditation really, really did help me. Now, there's a lot of ways to meditate. TM is not the one and only. For me, yeah. it actually, the, the, the technique works quite well. Um, and I adapted to it and found it very helpful immediately. And, um, and, and so that's one form. There are many out there, but some, for some it's exercise or yoga. So I think a routine of um, some type of meditative practice is quite essential. Uh, sometimes it's more physical. For me, I can sit and do nothing. Uh, not everybody can do it that way. They have to be moving or they have to be exercising. So you, you find your way into that. But I can tell you that for me, it really, really, really helped ground me and, and center me. And, and from that point, the universe started to speak. I mean, I can tell you my business in a year has just really taken off in a beautiful way. I've got more podcast clients than I know what to do with. I've got more, uh, quite a, I'm surrounded by an abundance. I've recreated a similar abundance to that that I experienced when I was doing in sort of the zone of this 15 years in the music business. That's so powerful. And, and what you talked about, I mean, obviously we talked about self-care, you talk, but the meditation is powerful and the transcendental meditation, because I've been in practicing that for almost 20 years and it was, it played a major role in my transformation and, and wow. any of the clients that I consult with one-on-one or companies I work with, I use meditation and journaling. It plays an important role of keeping you present in the moment and learning how to be laser focused in those pockets of time in the moment to really address the priorities that really matter. And that's where it looks like with what you're doing in your podcast business that has really propelled that to where it is today. Like, you know, your clients went from this amount to this amount because of that energy that you're putting out there is attracting them. And a lot of times exactly. we don't know the why. The power of attraction, I can tell you and you're, I mean, you yep. know this, but for those listening, it is, you know, it can sound a little out there at times it, when you're in the dark. Dave, we, got, we have about a less than but, a minute, so I just wanted to let you know. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, just stop me when we need to. So, I, I mean, you, you can, it, it can sound a little out there when you're amidst sort of this darkness or you're, you're, there's loss, you're lost a bit or confused about why you're here and what you should be doing. Um, these little pivots that I took were like shells of illusions of, of business opportunities, but really I was just chasing money and transactions because I was panicked about my capacity to generate revenue again in a world where you know, I'd spent through my yeah. retirement. And I've got to rebuild. And starting at age 55, it's not so easy to do that. It's almost, it's really, it might be mathematically nearly impossible. But, of course, we live in a world where we just need to, you know, get up in the morning and have purpose. So we just press Ooh. on. But well, I can tell I could, you that the business did, uh, the universe began to trans, uh, conspire. I was sending out signals that I was back in a place where I was yep. in my own zone. I was home again. And because I came home again, really good things started to happen around me. And I, right. I would almost amaze, I would feel amazed. I mean, little silly things would happen. Like I'd be walking out of my neighborhood and I was, yep. I was walking, they have one of those automatic gates and it automatically opened for me as I was walking through at exactly the pace I was walking. You know, you remember silly things. Oh yeah. I, I could just remember observing the universe starting to say, well, yeah, Wolf, you're, you're back. You, this is where you need to be. Well, David, I want to thank you so much because you just nailed it. We have to end the show, but Again, I want to thank you for sharing that. And, and that was a very important point if anybody's listening. Again, meditation, you know, it, it, it takes you back home. That's where the true home is. David, I want to thank you for being with us today. And guests I, or audience, I love the fact that you're here each and every week. We're going to be bringing special guests each and every week to deliver the content that will help you in your business and your personal life to have sustainable success. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.